So now we're talking about future movies, and we just discussed The Swimmer, which is an extraordinary short story by John Cheever, I believe. Yeah, probably. Um, I'll take your word for that. And it's uh, it's a great movie. It, I absolutely love it. I'm a big fan of people talking. I don't like action that much in films. I think action has its place, but I would much rather watch films with people talking because they're far more interesting. If you've got nicely rounded characters, you can't go wrong. But there's lots of psychological action in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there is also physical action because he's on this kind of, this odyssey, isn't he? Yeah. So you couldn't just have be sitting around talking. He's got to be going from pool to pool. And a lot of it's down entirely to Burt Lancaster's performance. I think Burt Lancaster's a really underrated actor. Oh, he's a terrific actor. Um, now, I think that the ending of the movie means that he's completely bankrupt and maybe divorced and he's just kind of uh, maybe lost his mind or in denial, right? Because the home's shuttered, all that stuff. There's so many ways of reading it. Um, oh, interesting. I think I could make a better ending for it, but I still love it as it is. I remember that the ending being the doorknob twisting, the house being empty and dust sheeted and him sort of collapsing on the doorstep. Yeah. Is that basically... Which, you know, is a good ending, but it doesn't really make sense. Where did he get the swimming costume from? Why is he in... Such well, he, he has to have come from somewhere, Yeah, he? which they never really clear Interesting. up. Interesting, yeah. But it's... Uh, so, great. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I bought the soundtrack a few years ago. And uh, that reminded me what a great movie it was. So next up, okay, now you're talking about this movie, The Apple, and that's why I wanted to record this, because I can't believe what you're saying. It's, well, it's, it's, it's a Golan and Globus movie. Let's start with that. It is. Um, it's the one that uh, I think it was Menahem put all of his money in. Um, to uh, It was expensive. It looks expensive. You'll look at it and think, okay, that's expensive. That's but not an adjective we're used to using about Canon films. Very true. And this is the lesson they learn early on, is when you put a lot of... Same happened with Masters of the Universe. When you put a lot of money into it, it's not necessarily going to make a good film. And while this one... It, it's incredible. Money went in, but they obviously thought, well, we don't really need a sound recordist. We'll just make do with whatever set sound we can find. So there are issues. But it's great songs. It's fantastic staging. Too, well, you seem to be saying that it's a disco musical about the Bible. Yes, Okay, right. What's your problem? I was waiting for you to contradict me. <laughs> no, so, not at all. That is essentially what it is. Any um, nudity? Yeah, quite a bit. Whoa. Yeah. Well. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's one <laughs> almighty sequence, which um, yeah, I think you'll get a lot out of. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, an Old Testament banquet or something is what I'm imagining. And, weirdly, I've just noticed it's one of two Catherine Mary Stewart films in this part. Who is she? She is an actress. Mm -hmm. She's in both. Films. No, she's she, in Night of the Comet as well. I thought she might be a director. Or you know. no, no, she's uh, she's in a lot of my favourite films. So she's in Night of the Comet. She's also in Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, um, and she's in uh, now, Last oh, Starfighter. I suddenly realised because it was called The Apple. I was thinking New York. It's called The Apple because of Adam and Eve. Yes, but it's set in New York. It's so clever. Oh, you're kidding? Yeah. No, this is no. A, this is just a film that you're going to be. I'm what? having flashbacks <laughs> to when you were telling me about the movie. I woke up early the day I died. Yeah. Is that the correct title? Because First I, time. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking, I hear what you're saying, but I don't, you, you know, I'm willing to believe it, but it, I'm finding it very hard to believe. And that's the way I'm feeling about this now. I'm willing to believe it, but yeah. I find it very hard to believe that, that it actually will be what you just described. Knowing you, though, it will be. So bring it on. I might have to watch that next. Another great thing about it is that a majority of the extras, because it was shot mostly in the UK... Oh. Um, a lot of the extras That's are all your typical UK extras. So they're guys you see in things like The Professionals. Oh, and when you and say you'll recognise the faces. You mean 
bit part players. You don't yeah. mean extras on the DVD. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> I don't course, think anyone's going to make a documentary about this film well, anytime soon. If you're going to make a biblical disco musical set in New York, shooting it in the UK would be the first choice. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's even got Miriam Margulies in it. It's, it's, oh, you're kidding. It's I a know, gift that keeps on giving. I People turn up she all over. Is, as a result of Louis Theroux's um, lockdown chat with her. Anyway, I couldn't have told you who she was before. Now, on the other side of that is... Cash on Demand. Which is? I think it's Hammer, but it's Peter Cushing... Oh, um, it's, it's a, a black-and-white crime drama, Yeah, it's, it's, a, think. A, it's just the most gentle crime drama. And it's a very pleasant... It's a very short film. It's only about 65 minutes. So. Yeah. Um, Quote a quickie. Yeah, but I don't want to go into too much detail on that one because I think it's a fun one to go into yeah. uh, not knowing yeah. what it's about. So don't, it's don't tell me anymore. That's good. Sheena, I just got rid of the soundtrack to Sheena, but it well, was not a good soundtrack. Did you? Th- now that's interesting because I actually added this because I thought you'd get a kick out of the soundtrack. Well, the it, main theme is great. It's the thing about the soundtrack is digitally recorded. That was basically it. Was it's by some guy who's quite good. Um, yeah, it's is uh, it John Scott? I thought it was the guy that did the with and I one. Um, David. Quite possibly. Uh, I believe anything you tell me. Uh, not David. I had the soundtrack, but it was it's a, it was on vinyl, but it was digital. So and yeah. things had to go, and that was one of my. I had to have certain criteria for getting rid of records because I, I needed to get rid of a thousand records. I needed to get rid of a thousand more. So Sheena went. That's the have you seen the film ever though? No. Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Yeah. It's Superb. I know. I'm looking forward <laughs> I didn't to it. Mean that. Okay. Very sincerely. Um, wow. The other side. I can't even read your handwriting. The children. No. It seems to say. It says that my chauffeur. Oh. Which you've mentioned before, but I can't I remember what it was. This is an 80s comedy. I think the same year as Sheena. I think it's 84 as well. When um, you say that, I immediately think Driving Miss Daisy. And it's, is it nothing like that? It's not even remotely close. Okay. It's a film that I only discovered about two years ago. And it just blew me away. Because I've never seen a film <laughs> with a script that... Is so incoherent? It's not incoherent. Well, it, I suppose it is in a way, in in the wholeness of the... There is dialogue in this film that you will never see in another Hollywood film. It's got a very English feel to it. And so it's an American movie? Yes. And it all hinges on the main performance of Deborah Foreman, who... You don't know who she is. I didn't know who she was. I had to look her up. Um, but you'll watch this film and you'll think, why isn't she a star? Is there anybody else in it that we would know about? Long pause. The, this is what we call radio silence. I can't think of any of their bloody names. All the chauffeurs um, are named. Oh, and um, Sam Jones. Oh, it's Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've always felt that Sam Jones was, you know, he could play Flash Gordon and that was probably yes. enough to give him. You'll think about him in an entirely different light you in this film. believe a man could act. We'll get back to well, that later. Well, you believe a man can do something other than Flash Gordon. Okay. Uh, well, let's, not, let's not go as far as act. <laughs> <laughs> now... Now, this uh, one's an odd choice. A Midwinter's Tale. Okay. Yeah, that's its American title. Um, it was Bleak Midwinter over here. It's a Kenneth Branagh film. Oh, well, I do know a bit about that. Isn't it a bunch of, bunch of lovies have a party? Uh, a bunch of lovies who put on a performance of Hamlet in a local theatre at oh, Christmas. Oh, it's got Keanu Reeves in it? No, that's oh. much ado about nothing. Oh, that, well, in that case, I don't really know what this is at all. No. Um, again, it's not terribly well known as a Branagh film. And for a while, I was trying to get the rights to do a Blu-ray release on it because I really wanted yeah. to have a proper release of this one. It annoys me that most of Branagh's stuff doesn't have much of a showing on Blu-ray or DVD oh, and there's nothing in the way of extras. It's quite a big name. Yeah. What about Dead Again? Is that available on... 
<laughs> no, but that is a film that, let's face it, is not a good film. <laughs> do, do you like it? I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of it, but I think it's a very interesting neo-noir. It's, I mean, look, the basic idea is great, but I think for the performances, given the talent on offer, are just so subpar. I think it's, it's a Scott Frank script. It's, it's one of the, the top screenwriters. It's an early effort, but one of the top American screenwriters. Oh, it was really trumpeted at the time. And I mean, if Branner and Emma Thompson are going to do it, you'd think, well, okay, it must be fairly good. Yeah. But... Um, I don't think the results are ideal. I thought Robin Williams was good in it, but he's only in it for about four minutes. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of the leading man who's a bit like Al Pacino. The Latin American leading man. Anyway, he, um, he, and... did he doesn't he breathe through a hole in his throat? That's the guy I'm thinking about. The guy who's smoking through a hole in his throat. Who is that? Probably. I haven't watched Dead Again since it... Probably okay. the 90s. Anyway, it's not in this stack, so let's not talk about it. Let's yeah. pretend it doesn't exist. So, yeah, let's talk about the films that aren't in the stack. Night of the Comet, we've already mentioned. Okay, but, um, but, but now, th- this is a really cool movie. Yes. Because it's basically a zombie movie. As my memory serves, it's about valley girls versus zombies. Yeah. And the Comet, it's a bit like Day of the Triffids. The Comet brings this radiation which causes, it zombifies most people, and the valley girls have to fight the zombies. And it's a cool, fun little action-adventure horror science fiction movie. And here it is on a Blu-ray. Who would have thought... It's a beautiful presentation. Who would have thought it was even on VHS? I mean, I'm very... (laughs) Did did the people who make that make any others? I mean, Um, are they they cult maestros? Remind me who did it. Uh, Tom... I don't recognise the name Tom ever had. Uh, Possibly. I I recognise it, but I recognise it from the Night of the Comet. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) I'm holding it in my hand right now. (laughs) uh... No, but... but, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Night of the Comet... It's, weirdly, it's one you've seen, which is unusual for a Yonks pile. Ago. We've got, yeah. And what that would have been, it probably would have been at the time when we went to the local off-licence, which was a place where you'd buy booze, to rent VHSs. Yeah. Like, the young folks don't know what the fuck we're talking about. But you used to do that. You'd go to the local corner store and they'd have a bunch of VHSs and we'd look for like science fiction VHSs. And that's probably where this got viewed at about the time it came out. See, my mum had a deal with the local <laughs> corner shop. Of course she did. Which was that I could rent whatever I liked yeah. except porn. Oh, did they um, have porn? They, yeah, they had loads. Um, yeah. My way around it was to rent an awful lot of Italian horror because you get your porn bonus as well. Yes. Um, bonus, B-O-N-U-S. <laughs> and <laughs> It's all major food groups recovered in the Italian yeah. film industry, yeah. So, you know, I'm... This is why I'm so into that stuff, because I could rent it all at the time. Video rental is... I, I think it's... You miss it. I can I, tell that you I, miss it. I loved it. No, uh, you get the posters in the wall and you'd think, I would never rent that film in a million years, and then you find yourself with it the next week because you've rented everything else in the shop. So, um, the, this your mention of Italian films segues nice into the next exactly. film in the stack. Which is my... probably my favourite... I'm not going to call it a giallo, because it's not a giallo. I don't think. I think Jello was over by this point, because this is yet another 80s film. Well, I have a confession to make at this point. You've given me your cast-off DVDs when you bought Blu-rays, and you gave me a cast-off Dario Argento. And I don't think it was that. I think it might have been Profondo Rosso. Yeah, possible? I've had a few copies of that. Yeah, I nearly uh, bought that with me. So. Uh, and uh, I think I might have charity shopped. I'm not saying I did. I'm just saying I, I couldn't put my hand on it. And I felt bad because you bought Dario Argento over. And I wouldn't I have felt... given you a good one. It would have been a manky disc. Yeah, that's no, that makes me feel a bit better. But but you do really like Dario Argento, and I felt bad that I hadn't a watched that and b kept it the other one. But well, this, you'd say, this is a better film anyway. This one is Tenebrae, which 
I don't feel is very celebrated as an Argento film. People tend to go on about Profondo Rosso or the early stuff. Or is Suspiria. this before or after Suspiria? Way after. Okay. Right. So this is about 82, I think. It's not the one where his daughter appears nude in it, is it? No. That's really that doesn't really narrow it down with his oeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of five, I think, films that that would cover. There's more than one daughter as well, which doesn't help. So, yeah. yeah. So, but no, Tenebrae... Um, this one, again, is rather cheekily for the soundtrack, because I've got a feeling that you've got some Goblin, but you've not listened to it. Is that right? Goblin... You see, whenever I there's movies with goblin soundtracks, I think, oh, why couldn't they do something like Morricone instead? Because they're, they're not really my kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how you cope with this one then, because this is about as <laughs> mental as goblin get. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I appreciate what they do in terms of supporting the movie. I just wouldn't want to listen to their re- record of their stuff. Suspiria, I'd love to see again, because I want to see those M.C. Escher sets. I, I adore Suspiria. Uh, my daughter's covering it at the moment on her film oh, course. That's great. Jessica Harper, is it? In yeah. It? She's terrific. Well, she is. Uh, three fantastic films. I think we covered this the other day. Yeah, Shock Treatment and, of course, the big one. Oh, in, was it Inserts? Fan, well, yeah. But, but Phantom, Phantom of the, the Paradise, Paradise was the big one. Yeah. yeah. She was terrific. Um, really good singing voice. It's weird. Yeah, she's a lovely woman. She does a really good thing on YouTube called The Crabby Cook. She's still around. Yeah, that's and great. she just does these cooking videos for someone who's really pissed off. Um, they're worth watching uh, if you've got oh, someone turned up that doesn't you know, like a vegan in the in the group or something and you've got to deal with them okay well, there's one more in the pile oh yes this is the no. last one on the pile I mean this is just a crapper and this goes back to video rental altogether this is called Number One with a Bullet and again it's not very well known it's another Golan Globus movie isn't it no yes and it's one of their very last if not the last uh, this was 89 uh, it's Billy D. Williams, Robert Carradine. Uh, it was originally written for James Belushi. In fact, he's credited as one of the writers as well. But obviously he died quite a lot earlier than this was made. It's just... So it's, a, it's, a, it's a salt and pepper buddy cop movie. Yeah, plain and simple. And it's just a cut above the rest. It oh, really okay. is. Right. I'm amazed it doesn't have a bigger following and than it has. Unlike some of the... DVDs we just discussed, that's a legitimate, proper DVD. Well, in a way, it's manufacture on demand. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Warner didn't have a lot of faith in it. Mind you, so is uh, the Branagh film, and you'd think that would have a proper release. Yeah, but no, I've, I'm very pleased about that um, initiative, because it's brought back movies that otherwise I wouldn't be able yeah. to see. So that's pretty cool. Yeah.